Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. Today's episode, we've broken into two parts because my good friend Cher Fuller and I got into such great conversation uh, that we went for well over an hour. So we've actually divided this up. So we'll have part one today where we discuss digital marketing strategy, email marketing, and a bunch of other really great stuff to help you grow your business. And then part two, we're going to revisit some of those concepts as well as discuss some of Cher's experience growing up as a female in a male-dominated industry of marketing and her current experiences at large corporations and how she has managed being such an amazingly strong woman while also having great working relationships and accomplishing a lot in the industry. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today I get to sit down with one of my longtime friends, uh, in fact, my wife's longest time friend, uh, Cher Fuller. Uh, and Cher and I actually, we uh, we've came up in the cheer industry together. Uh, we cheered at the same times throughout college uh, and inevitably ended up coaching uh, a world's team together for many years. And we're quite successful at turning a struggling small gym world's team into a high level uh, finals top 10 placing world's program. Um, And just like me, Cher has always had other things that she does aside from cheer. And she has been, I've said it wrong a million times. I've said like social media strategist and all these things, but I believe I've said email marketer. She really doesn't like that one. Uh, I believe the technical term is digital marketing strategist. Um, And she has worked for a ton of companies. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but really excited to be sitting down with her and talking about all the cool things that she does and learn uh, about what, what it is she does and how that can help us as business owners. So Cher, why don't you... Why don't you do a better job of introducing yourself than I did? Thanks, Dan. Um, Yeah, so like Dan said, we've been friends for many, many years and and coached together, come up through cheer and had our gymnastics backgrounds uh, that coincided together. So always really great to share (laughs) that perspective on tumbling technique, but we'll get to that later. Um, So in terms of my other job that was outside of coaching. Um, I have been in digital strategy for about 12 years. Um, I've gone from the agency side to brand side. Um, I've worked full-time on Taco Bell, writing their entire uh, CRM digital strategy um, a few years ago when they were starting to launch their app. Um, So if you've ever used a Taco Bell app or ordered breakfast, Thank you very much. Um, And then I also uh, worked at Nike as a strategy director for North America, the world headquarters. Um, Recently, I moved down the last year to Los Angeles to head the CRM and loyalty uh, department at Forever 21. And as of a few weeks ago, I just uh, started at Playboy as a director of digital marketing. So you basically have worked for just like some small companies doing some, 
<laughs> some little things here or there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when just for, for some of the people who are listening who may not uh, know, what does CRM mean? Like when you talk about developing CRM or managing CRM, what is that? So CRM is essentially any type of digital message that you receive from a brand in a personalized manner. So anytime that you opt into an email program or you you say, yes, I would like to receive text updates, um, anytime you receive a push notification, they're, they're all the one-to-one messages that exist within um, a brand. So the, the three primaries are email, SMS, um, which is text messaging, um, and push notification. So it's it's really, uh, you know, I, what I love about it is it's, it's the most personalized way that you can have a conversation with a person. When we think about social media, um, you know, I always kind of equate it to somebody standing on a corner that's shouting. You, could, you can refine um, your targeting so you know who you're talking to, but you're still talking out to people and kind of hoping that that message lands with them. When we look at CRM, um, we're, we're really looking at the database that houses all of your um, clients' information, people that have shown an interest in the brand and have expressed uh, permission for you to contact them. So there, there comes a, a much higher responsibility to make sure that you are, one, honoring the commitment of using the information that you receive from uh, these individuals properly and that you're giving them content that's relevant to them, that's useful to them, that you're not spamming them. Um, and, and really drawing them closer into the brand. So what would you say is too much engagement? Mm-hmm. That's a question we get a lot. Like people yeah. don't, they, cause I have those companies that email me every single day with a new sale and I'm like, I'm not interested. Um, and that inevitably leads generally to me unsubscribing. So like, is there a, a perfect amount of, <laughs> of engagement? Um, the short answer is no, <laughs> Stop. There's, I can't knock this and be like, it's twice a week, everyone. Congratulations. Um, no, there, it's really personalized to what is right for you and your brand. So what I, you know, what we really have to think about is why are you sending the message? What is the value there? Is there, is there something that benefits the person who has signed up for, um, your email program, let's say. I think there are some brands that, you know, um, and, and, I, and I've been on both sides. I've seen both of these strategies where, um, you know, a brand will think that, oh, if we email you every single day, uh, it may annoy you, but because we're hitting such a large net of people, so let's say we have a million subscribers, if we email a million people every single day, we may annoy half of them, but half of them may so we had a slight technical difficulty. So Cher's going to pick up where she left off talking about how much is too much to email and and different uh, tactics to uh, emailing and conversion. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that, folks. LA internet. Wild stuff down here. Um, so like I was saying, there are some brands that will email you um, every single day. And there's a risk in taking that strategy because the thought is, if I have a million people in my database and I email them every single day, I may annoy 80% of them. But if 20% of those people convert, that's a win to, to them. I don't like that strategy. That is not something that I would recommend. I don't, you're, you're basically saying that the, the database is nothing but a dollar sign to you and that's all they're worth. 
what is important is to understand your engagement metrics and how many people are clicking through your emails. One thing to note, uh, this is relatively new in the past year, but because Apple uh, changed their privacy settings, um, especially for email, open metrics are not going to be accurate anymore. So um, it depends what ESP, so email service provider you're sending your, your emails through, but um, Apple is what used to happen is we would have a pixel that lived within each of the emails and it would tell us the open rate, the click through rate. But what Apple did is they actually preloaded all of the images um, in the in the back end so that it, anytime you preview the message or it just exists in your inbox and you see that Apple is saying that it opened. So if you are seeing that you're having really high open rates, it's it's not uh, something that you should be really using to set your strategy forward. It's something that Apple did for Apple Mail. So what we really need to start looking at is click-throughs to site. That's the metric that you want to be looking at to understand who's engaging with your content. But when it comes to emailing, you know, I think one, understand that you need to actually have something of value to say to people that you're sending them. It's, it's better to set a, a weekly cadence. Um, but again, Think about what you're sending. Is it weekly updates? Is it a weekly promo? Is it a weekly, you know, here's what's coming up or what you can look forward to? It needs to have value behind it. Right. So I I love what you're saying. This is actually something I'm not an expert like you are, but it's something I talk about at our conferences. And uh, it for me, I learned it when I read Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook. And I was like, like that just makes so much sense of engage, engage, enrich, then sell, right? It doesn't always have to be sale, 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 buy, buy, buy. Um, and so the challenge, I think, for a lot of the people we work with, like gym owners, right? We don't have email email campaigns with a million people that are getting it. You know, we're, we're more focused on a very small geographic location. And I think in some ways that makes this even more important because you can actually burn through all your prospective clients very quickly. We don't have 366 million people to market to. Yeah. Yeah. So I always kind of use this analogy when I, when I think about email, but, um, and it, it very much aligns with with Gary V's strategies and philosophies. If you have a friend who calls you and is like, hey, can you help me move this weekend? You're like, oh, it's kind of annoying, but okay, sure. Like I'm a good friend, I'll help you. And then if they call you the next weekend and they're like, hey, can you also help me do this other thing? You're like, oh, okay. And if every single weekend that's the phone call that you get from that friend, you stop answering that phone call because you know that it's not a two-way relationship. It's them wanting something from you every single time. And that's kind of how we need to think about email. If your email is just constantly asking people for things, asking them to convert, asking them to sign up for stuff, when they see your name in the inbox, they're just not going to open it or they're just going to unsubscribe because there's nothing of value. So one thing that I always, you know, challenge the teams and the groups that I work with is to really like think bigger than just what you've been kind of trained to think about email. You don't have to just ask people to convert. You don't have to send them promos. You don't have to give them things. You, you need to figure out, um, you know, 
I'm going to backtrack for a second, but you need to figure out what's special and unique about you. So like we all do cheer. We all run gyms. And I know your gym is the best. There's no other. The one down the block is not as great as you. I know you're the greatest. But at the end of the day, we all do the same thing. So it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. So you have to decide that your gym or your business um, you know, and, and I'll speak to ODT since that's obviously what I, where my heart lives. <laughs> um, but you know, we've always really focused on the, the family aspect and really like, you know, retaining people by making sure that they feel like part of the family. Once they leave our alumni is always welcome back. Their shoes live in the rafters. There is a legacy in that gym. It is something that you are part of. You're not transactional when you come through that gym. You're not a skill on the floor. You are a valued member of our family that lives forever. And mm -hmm. it, it's those type of things that you need to, to really figure out who you are so that you can then start to, you know, kind of branch out of what your content looks like. Do you give an alumni spotlight? Is that something of value? Do you tell, um, you know, what some of the parents are doing in your gym outside? Are you talking about community features? Like you have to figure out who you are because we're all doing the same stuff. And so when we talk about what do we send through email and, and what's a value, that's where it's, you know, we, you have to start frameworking what your strategy is, the stories that you want to tell. And then from there, that's how you can set that cadence of, you know, once a month, we spotlight our athlete of the month and we get to talk about what they do outside of the gym that then you've really set up your calendar. You've set up those checks and balances of, of the stories you want to tell. You can start to say, okay, does this also cross over into social where we cross promoting and people get to see that you are more than just cheerleading. You are someone that's going to help enrich their kid. You're invested in their family. And you you got to tell that story without ever saying the story. You let them run to those conclusions because that's who you are. That's your philosophy. Yeah. You just gave such a like amazing explanation of, of what people need to be doing. And I think that's you gave some really good ideas and I feel like that's where a lot of people struggle sometimes is they get to that point where they're like, okay, I'm, I'm a family oriented program or, um, you know, they, they feel like they know who they are, but it's how do you convey that in an email beyond just like, we love family, right? Like how do you make people feel your personality? And it's, if everything you build is based around just skill, and just competition and just winning and being competitive, that's an even harder sell of, of reaching out to people and saying, this is who we are. We're hardcore and we're going to beat your child down and make them uh, really, really, really amazing cheerleaders. Uh, so come join our program. I, it's finding that way to convey their story and their identity is so challenging for a lot of business owners, mm -hmm. which is why people I'm hire people like you, right? <laughs> You know, kind of stepping outside of just email, you all have the greatest content creators on the planet right now in your gym. You have kids that know social media inside and out. They know they can seamlessly make TikTok videos. They can, you know, post the best engaging content. So one is, you know, use that to your advantage. I remember when we were 
coaching dream. And even, you know, when I was with some of the younger kids too, like that was my greatest focus group. When I was working on Taco Bell, when I was working on Nike, like that, those kids were gold to me because their opinions mattered. They, they were the people that were living in this technology. They knew what they liked. And so, you know, one is don't be afraid to let, I mean, don't be afraid to let these kids create content for you or to open avenues and ways for them to contribute into that ecosystem. Make sure that you have a hashtag that, you know, you're promoting in your gym or, um, you know, that the kids can use. So all of that content is consolidated, make sure that they're tagging, um, you know, definitely. And Dan will probably laugh, but I still like social media police the crap out of those kids. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Do not post Which that. is good. That's not great because they're still young. So you have to, you know, they're still learning. They're, they're living in a world that's, they've never known anything different than the internet and having a phone in their hand. And, you know, you can either, you can either take the side of they shouldn't be on their phones all the time and they should be doing this. Or you can say, this is a new generation that operates and acts in a different way and a different behavior than I'm used to. So I need to talk to them and understand what their world looks like and what their challenges are so that I can learn from that and give them something that's of service. So one is, you know, ask people what they want to hear about. You know, you can set up a Google form for free and send it out to your families and have them tell you what they want to hear. Um, you could put multiple choice. You could do open you know, solicitation of what they want, but ask people what they want. It's no one in this business and even on my side has ever constructed an entire campaign from start to finish on their own. I am constantly looking at what other people are doing. I am saving things that I get from other brands and, you know, things that I've seen on Instagram, other gyms are doing it's, it's how we start to evolve stunts and innovation. Like you have to look at what's going on in the world so that you can kind of think outside yourself because we can't do this alone. Right. No, that's, you're just dropping bombs right now, <laughs> like knowledge bombs. And I hope that everyone listening is actually able to absorb all of it. Cause there are so many different things you, you put out there. So like one, And we've talked about this with some other people in terms of like kids helping with some of this stuff. And I think getting that input, you actually just gave me an idea as I was listening to you. um, I just, before we hopped on, I watched Vanity did a vlog for ATC. And what better thing to convey the vibe in our program than a vlog the kids made? Now, granted, you should watch it and make sure that it's appropriate and it has those things, but that's totally something that I could share that I could put out there in an email. Hey, check out vanity's vlog from, uh, this last competition weekend. Curious what competitive cheer is like, watch how much fun these kids are having. Um, so those are just not to like cut you off, but it just reminded me of something. It's, it's, this is like why, like, think about you go on Amazon right now. Okay. You look at a product, the pro the the person posting the product or the company it's the that's the best product right like you should buy it 100 guaranteed it's the best thing what's the first thing we always do we scroll down to the reviews we want to see what other people have said because you are not going to to post and say like well you know our gym's okay <laughs> we're nice sometimes <laughs> you know like no one does that it's the reviews and so if you can get other people to tell your story, 
and, 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 you know, empower other people to feel like they can tell your story. That's what makes people go like, I kind of want to be over there. Like that looks fun. That looks like, you know, something I want to be in. And I, I think it's, it's really about empowerment and we have to, you have to be confident enough and secure in your enough of, uh, secure in yourself enough as a business owner to really like admit what you don't know and admit what you're not good at because you're we're not all great at everything that's why we all have different expertise and different swim lanes that we exist in to get work done so if you can empower other people and say hey can you help me can you can you come on board with me like you now you're growing your team you're growing your network of people who are aren't just content creators for you but they're invested in you they feel special. They feel valued. They feel like they're part of this thing and they're more invested in seeing you succeed. And what's like better than having more people on your team? Like I'm ride or die ODT because, and I don't, I haven't coached there for four years now since I've, I've moved like, but, but that is like, I will live and breathe and die for that gym because that's my foundation. That's my roots. And you have those kids. We still have kids that our alumni ODT, that post, that come back, that want to know, that check in, like they bleed out that gym because they felt like they were part of something. Yep. So, you know, when we, we think about content, we think about marketing, it's not just the output product of a physical deliverable. It's, it's a feeling and it's a philosophy that you really have to instill in your gym and open your heart and be open to other people's coming in, other people coming in to make your business successful. Yeah, that's this week had me all in the feels. I don't know if you got it too, but like some of those, the coach that you'll always remember. And I know we got tagged in a couple together and some of them were kids that graduated four or five years ago. Um, and you know, that, that hits in, in a way like gets you in your heart. Um, asking for help, I think is one of the hard things business owners struggle with, uh, as you know, right? So like, just to be clear for everyone listening, I would, I would pick Cher's brain back when she worked for me, but I didn't really utilize her nearly as much as I probably could have. She managed some of our social stuff, she, but I certainly didn't like. I'll always be a smart ass to you. Yes, she will. Um, but, she, you know, I didn't, I, we had her manage our social media, but we never sat down and did a brand strategy session. We never sat down and like really talked about how do we convey our message? How do we tell people who we are? I didn't start utilizing email marketing. Yes, I know I'm an idiot until like three years ago. And even then it was like semi-resistant and now I'm obsessed with it because it's just like, it is the best. It is the greatest thing for getting a return and I can send out a campaign and I can get five new trial members to come to classes or I can build an automation. I used to have to have like, you know, program people into Excel spreadsheets for tryouts. Now it's all automated. They get emails, they know when they're coming. Like it's all so simplified by utilizing these, these programs and these tools that exist. Um, so in full transparency, I did not use her, uh, to, to her full benefit. So I'm even learning things right now. Um, one of the things I keep going back to, and as I listen to you though, like, you know, we talk about one of the things gyms say all the time, right? Like you were saying, everyone says they're the best, right? Every single cheer website you go to says the best cheerleading in this area. And they almost all say 
family focused. Uh, they'll have some version of fitness, family fun, um, or fitness focus and fun or something like that. But like that's at this point, it's almost white noise, right? If people are researching, it's just like you were saying with Amazon, you hop on, you know, you want to find something for your kid to do. You know, you want them to find tumbling classes. So then where, what is it that you're doing to build authenticity and make people know this is where I want my kid to be? Right. Like that's the, that's the challenge. Um, wow. There's so many different, like, I'm just having all these ideas right now of like what I can use kids to create content for. Oh, another thing with asking for help. Um, I was even going to say, so now Emily Peterson, if you remember her, she now does a bunch of management stuff for us and she is running our social and she's the one building all our graphics in Canva and doing all this stuff. And I've always been hesitant to put too much on my staff, especially on competition weekends. She built a whole schedule for ATC and was like, this coach is taking pictures and doing video of this team during warmups and everything. We got so much content and the coaches were stoked to do it. Like, cause they're all younger. So they're all getting all the great angles and video and all this stuff. And we just have this folder with, I think 900 pictures and video from the weekend. And it didn't require us to hire anybody else. It didn't require us to do anything crazy except build a schedule and give people an assignment. It was awesome. So Sorry. dogs knocking over his food bowl. Right now. That's okay. I, I think we're getting some of my ambient uh, children running around noise um, and chasing our puppy downstairs. So it happens. Um, so now you've moved on to, you've worked for Taco Bell. You've worked for Nike. You've worked for forever 21. Now you're at Playboy mm-hmm. and share was a little bit like, Hey, can we talk about me working at Playboy? Like, what do you think your audience will think? And I personally think it's going to be fascinating because since you started working there, I've started paying a little more attention and you've started sharing some of their things. And I get the impression that Playboy is in the process of rebranding almost not rebranding, but like reinventing what their brand means. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah, so I think what a lot of people don't know, and um, you know, not to be like give a historical lesson of Playboy, but um, when when Hugh Hefner passed away, they actually sold Playboy to a company um, called Playboy Group. So at this point, there's no Hefners that are involved in Playboy, um, and I think that's something that's important. Just kind of with the current. Uh, current cultural climate around Playboy with some of the content that's starting to come out. Um, that's, that's kind of, you know, not who we are. And what I was really impressed with when I came into the company is that they're um, the at headquarters, it's 80% women, it's 80% females. And I um, love the conversations that I'm in, which is really about empowering women and how do we help, uh, you know, people understand there's not like, there's not shame in, 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 enjoying pleasure and you know i know this is adult podcast but um or i won't make it a adult adult podcast but it's for but adults it, adults are the listeners right, right. <laughs> <laughs> boring everybody would already turn it off um there's no shame in in you know expressing yourself and loving your body and i think that there's a lot of things that have kind of led me to this moment where i felt like playboy was the right fit for me um just even 
coaching in general, you know, the way that we're kind of able to influence young girls to be um, able to be confident in their bodies and understand that, you know, you don't have to be skinny. You can be strong. Some of our bases, you know, they don't have that ideal body type that you would think like an Instagram model, but it's like, you know, I remember having a conversation one time with one of the girls on my team. She was, this is when I coached youth level one. So she was young and her mom came to me and said, um, you know, I'm going to make up the name. So I don't, you know, Susie Joe, um, her goal, she was doing goal planning. Her goal is to be able to wear a bikini. Like that was her goal. And I just, and the mom was just very concerned because she didn't want her daughter, you know, to be in cheer and be so body focused. And so we had a really great conversation. I mean, this, she was under 10 years old, just like about how females, a female body, the, the worth is not in what you look like. It's, it's that like, you know, we have, we have strong, big thighs because we have muscle in our quads and that helps us be strong when it comes to tumbling. And there's so much more to appreciate about your body than just the way it looks in pictures. And I'm sure a lot of people can, you know, uh, empathize with, this next thing, but like they get their periods, <laughs> you know, like they need to change their tampon during practice. And they, some of them have no shame in telling you that, but some girls, especially when they're coming up through puberty, like that's a hard thing to talk about. And I've always taken such joy in being able to say like, girl, welcome to the club. You're a woman. Like these are our bodies work. So, you know, that's where I've always really loved having an impact in kids' lives and especially young girls knowing what they go through. So to be with a brand that really celebrates women and, and empowers women and wants to tell their stories and give them opportunities and, you know, from an editorial perspective, interview some of the greatest minds that are, you know, out in our world right now, it's the brand is just so much more than I think sometimes people initially think. They, they think they go to like the easiest low hanging fruit image of what Playboy is, but really, you know, it's a brand that's about empowering women. And that's what I love about it. What I think is a cool kind of uh, parallel. And for people who don't know you, right? Like I've always known that empowering women has been like a forefront passion for you. And uh, I, I know I'm, I'm on the same page. We believe in building strong women. And that's a lot of what we try to do and always try to do with our teams and our kids. And that was one of our identities beyond family, you know, building strong young women. Um, I remember would always say you and I always, when they were conditioning, they'd be like, we're conditioning to look good, you know, in our uniforms, get our abs. And you and I would always stop that conversation right away that conditioning and working out is not about looking good in a uniform. It's about being safe and having a healthy body that can perform the routine. Like yep. that conversation stopped real quick. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and then they would get, and, and that's something that I think that we as an industry have started to pay attention to, but even as gym owners, like we need to be thinking about what is the image that we present to the outside world. Are we only posting uh, pictures of our our most fit kids and highlighting their six pack abs and and bragging about those things, or are we highlighting our kids for their athleticism and their strength and their confidence and uh, their their power? Are we celebrating not just the way they look in this cute outfit, but who they are as people and that's something that we've spent a lot of time with our brand really trying to promote and, and adjust because I think there was a period of time in this industry where we all were, 
all were doing that more than we probably, if we were to look back, we'd be like, uh, why did I post that? You know, why was that? But it was the trend. It was the thing. And you want to, you want to kind of follow that. Um, so it's a interesting comment. There was a, there was a time where you only showed the, the best of the best. You only showed the most curated edited image possible. And I think that we've gone through a big revolution of people, you know, I think Dove really started this trend of saying, we're not going to um, Photoshop our models anymore. We're not going to put filters on them. We're going to show women for what they really look like. And, and it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like that's, what's important. That's what empowers women and young girls to say, I am enough. And I'm okay. It's okay that I don't look like what I see. It's why there's a lot of conversations right now about diversity and representation. Um, You know, little girls think about right now, kids, your kids, you know, they've, they've grown up having technology in their hands. They have tablets. They can watch anything they want. And they, they see, that's like how they start to shape their worldview. The people that they see in these ads, the kids, that's it that's what matters so if you if you are um you know a person of color and you as a child are only seeing beauty portrayed through white women you start to think that your skin is is not good enough it's it's not where it's not the at the um you know level of beauty that's that you should be at and you should be ashamed or you shouldn't be confident so that's also a big thing that I've also worked on for a really long time with a, a lot of these brands is um, that's like my first go-to is looking at images and saying, is this representative of the actual population? Does this give representation to um, you know, marginalized groups? Are we doing our due diligence to make sure that everyone feels welcomed? Um, and, and many, many a times, I mean, it literally just happened. Like it's, it's not on purpose. You know, people aren't, they're not doing it with malice. It just sometimes happens and you, you yep. have to have somebody there. That's like, actually let's swap in this image. Oh, can we get another group shot? Can we, can we swap this? Can we change that? You got to say that stuff because this population of young kids and young women and young men, I mean, it matters. You have you have boys in your gym right now who are who are questioning their sexuality. Guarantee you, you have women that are questioning their sexuality. You have you have little kids, young men, young women that are trying to figure out where their gender lies. Like there there are a lot of things these kids are going through. Mm-hmm. That matters the way you are representing your gym. So if you are um taking group shots of the same kids every time and they're your top level kids and mm-hmm. they all look great in their uniform guess who doesn't feel welcome at your gym anymore the lower level kids yep and you know i will years and years and years ago at our own gym i will say like we fell into that trap we put we put all our our 100%. you know our awareness around our world's team and that's what we hung our hat on and we realized wow all the gyms around us are thriving when it comes to lower levels and we're not well why is that we didn't make them feel welcome not intentionally we wanted them there but that's that's what we did that's you know that's the image we put out so it it matters it really really matters yeah and i mean so what you were talking about with was like a variety of different things but for us the conversation started on the skill side uh as a as a program when we started looking at our marketing um 
And this was actually in with my other next gen owners before we started, or actually right when they were starting next gen, we had a, we had a meeting all together, sat down and I was talking about our issue of not having lower levels, especially like rec kids. And they were like, well, we've looked at your social Dan and all you have is double foals, whip dubs, all these elite skills. So that mom of a seven-year-old doesn't think that they can participate there and that 12 year old that only has a back handspring who's looking at your social media isn't like I want to go there because they know they can't they're not ready for those skills they're not even close so they think they have no value and and that wasn't how things worked within our walls but that was the outside image and then we started talking about it more and I will tell you it felt very clunky for me Um, we started talking about it more when I joined a DEI committee for the IASF Um, and we were talking about deliberate representation. And I was like, well, that's like, I feel like that's wrong. I've always been told not to do, not to pick someone because of this. And I see the pros and cons on both sides. I don't want to get too far off base, but we started to go, okay, let's make sure when we do our marketing promo photos, let's make sure we have a, a boy, a girl, this age, this age, and we start to get into our more diverse community because we are a diverse gym. We have people of all different backgrounds. And so let's get some of that representation of different colors and different ethnicities and different experiences and put that into our marketing. And we started to see more and more enrollment from those communities because they can they can look and go, oh, there are people who, and and whether we may, like I don't, look at something and identify with my skin color. But that doesn't mean that other people don't. Mm -hmm. And so showing people that they're welcome in this environment was was the end goal, right? Um, And so with what you're talking about and like being conscientious of that, it's really hard. You have to like diligently work at it at first before it happens at all authentically. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be deliberate. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it, it's unconscious bias. It's, we all have it. It's no one's, it, it's just the the world we've grown up in. It's the way we've been taught to view things. It's the way we associate feelings and thoughts with different words. It's a, it's a deep thing. That's for right. another podcast. And, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even have to relate only to race or ethnicity, right? We all have our unconscious bias of, of what we think is a, is someone who's beautiful or what we think is a good image. And, what you know, think it's is a good, uh, heel stretch in the air. Right, know? exactly. <laughs> um, so we all have those those different biases, and if we are allowing those biases to influence how we market um, and how we put things out in the world, that can actually be detrimental. Now, obviously, I, there's a flip side of that: of you do have to decide what your identity is, right? Like you have to at some point pick mm-hmm. uh, a brand identity. So you may not always say like, "I don't know where." I, uh, how I'm going with that. Um, but like, you can't just go, Oh, we're going to just show everything, right? Like, uh, my, my brand is kids who are, you know, supporting one another and family focused and those kind of things. So I would never promote kicking someone off the team because they lost a skill, you know, like I'm not, that's not my vibe. So you do have to decide kind of who you are and what you want to represent. There's nothing wrong with saying we do a stretch like this versus like this or with two feet or or with the foot forward or the foot out. Like you can you can decide on those things as your brand. Sure. Another thing to so we don't go down this rabbit trail too far. Another thing I thought was really interesting about the Playboy side of things is 
most of our clients, in fact, one of the coolest things I think about um, getting to be involved in working with business owners in cheer is there are so many women. I mean, there are so many women who are building these brands and building these spaces for kids to grow and get better. My team, all the other next gen coaches are all women, all powerful, intelligent, strong women. And it's really cool to be surrounded by all of these people and and help encourage them to do it, uh, to do what they're doing. So I think that is really cool that that's kind of the direction that Playboy is going, right? And empowering women. And you may get a bunch more readers from people listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, connecting people and profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.